I had this woman in a Victoria era dress with like the bonnet style lace cap walk straight through my double door from my bedroom and just like drift through my bedroom really slowly it progressively got worse and worse and worse where I would I was a bit of a night owl back then I'd stay up reading or whatever and this thing would come into my room I'd see it drift across the bedroom like I described or I'd be sleeping and it would actually wake me up everybody and welcome to the paranormal portal podcast i'm your host brent thomas thank you all for joining us and special thank you goes out to all of you who continue to support the podcast and continue to spread the word always remember if any of you out there have experiences of your own that you'd like to share feel free to email me at paranormal portal radio at gmail.com again paranormal portal radio at gmail.com and you too could be a guest on the show sound of suspense to the fear you can hear today we've got a phenomenal show lined up for you uh we are welcoming chucky from british columbia who is joining us to talk about several of his paranormal and supernatural experiences and uh i hope you guys are ready because it's gonna get fantastic so welcome to the show chucky thanks for joining us brother oh thanks brent glad to be here yeah, it's absolutely my pleasure, and I appreciate you making the time. Now, what all of those of you out there may not know is this this interview was supposed to be done much earlier in the day, but I managed to actually sleep. And so, again, I appreciate your flexibility, brother, making it happen even later in the same day. But uh, it's an honor to have you here. Yeah, you betcha. Well, I know we've got a lot to discuss. Um and it's kind of my canned opener, but I guess probably the best place to begin the journey is where did the journey begin for you? Well, my journey started when I was very little. My great grandma would always tell me stories about this ghost that would haunt her while she was a little girl. And this ghost would actually come in and tuck in her and her little sister. And they'd always try to stay up late and you know encounter this ghost see who was brave enough to uh stay up and see her and she would come in and pull up the sheets sit on the end of the bed and i always thought that was amazing and i could see this farmhouse that she grew up in it's it's you know kilometers away from where i live and nowadays it's like a dilapidated building but i always would take a look and see if i could see the ghost you know sure and uh when i was about 14 i uh got into a rebellious phase with my parents where i 
didn't want to go to church anymore because that was my weekends and that's when I wanted to go have sleepovers with my friends. And so I was going through that rebellious phase. And I can remember my very first experience. I was up late at night reading Lord of the Rings in bed and I had this woman in a Victoria era dress with like the bonnet style lace cap walk straight through my double door from my bedroom and just like drift through my bedroom really slowly (laughs) right, right, right through the wall on the other side. So to put the layout of the bedroom, as you walk into the bedroom, my bed was on the right hand side with one of those old school uh, wooden headboards. Mm-hmm. And I had my lamp on top of there. And I had a window to my left and a window to my right. And this is the summertime. And it was actually cooler in my bedroom than it was outside. Oh, okay. So I'd always have my windows shut. So after I see this ghost drift through my room, I, you know, did the typical child thing and hid underneath my sheet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there was me being brave, but at the same time, I was really just amazed at what I was seeing. Yeah. Uh, You know, in such detail too, I could almost see the floral pattern on her dress. Uh, couldn't see feet. Uh, she seemed like she was blonde haired. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I went to told all my friends about it right after that. And I let my mom know. And she told me that maybe it was, uh, my great grandmother's ghost kind of coming in to tuck me in at night. Oh yeah, maybe. And that made sense to my little brain. So sure. Now, can I ask you, did it seem like the apparition was aware of you, or was it just kind of blindly walking through the room? I mean, was there any eye contact or any kind of gestures made that that it, it actually made towards you? It was actually very deadpan, and it walked just straight through the room, and that was that. Okay. For that night. Now, this thing stayed in my room for the next three months. Wow. And it progressively got worse and worse and worse. Where I would, I was a bit of a night owl back then. I'd stay up reading or whatever. And this thing would come into my room. I'd see it drift across the bedroom, like I described. Or I'd be sleeping and it would actually wake me up. I'd feel the depression of someone sitting on the end of my bed. Wow. So right by where your feet are hanging out of the sheets, you'd feel that depression right on the end of the bed. And then it would progress a little bit more, and I could feel this thing walking on my bed, kind of straddling either side of where you are, like where your legs are. Sure. Which was terrifying. And I can even remember one time it came to the side of the bed 
and you could feel two fists pressed down on the mattress right beside where my head was as I'm hiding underneath the sheets. Oh, man. Yikes. And one common element that always happened with this is I was always unable to scream. I just could not make a noise no matter how hard I tried. Did you feel like that was just your voice or was it your whole body that was kind of frozen? I can move. Okay. Uh, there were some times where I, I couldn't see her, but I could, I knew she was in the room. And like I said, I'd keep the, I'd keep the window shut. And every time I would reach for my lamp that was on my headboard, I would get this blizzard cold wind blow through my bedroom in a threatening kind of manner. Like every time I would reach up, it would just blow this cold wind at my arm there. Oh, wow. So uh, I was never brave enough to really turn on the lights. Yeah, I don't blame you because that's a that's a, an incredible first real encounter with the with the paranormal is to have something regularly visiting you as you're sleeping. Peace. Yeah. And I even had two friends come over for sleepovers that got to experience it as well. Um, one of them didn't actually see her, but experienced that wind blowing in the room. Okay. Another one actually did see her. She she floated right between us because he was sleeping on the floor and I was sleeping in my bed. And it it drifted right through between us. Oh man, how did they like that? Uh they didn't like to come back after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a way to to get rid of company in a hurry. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, so. After a while, this all kind of boiled to a head. Uh, once the school year started, I wasn't getting much sleep from her caution visits, and it was affecting my school life. Um, and so I asked it to leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And then I, I got one last visit from it, but that visit was very different from all the rest. Uh, it was the same as the first visit where she came through the double doors, drifted across the room, went out the opposing wall, and, you know, I'm saying, oh, just please go away, please go away. And I peek up from my covers, and I don't see anything. So I'm thinking, okay, that's good, she's gone. Right. And then I see this ethereal head, the back of a head, poke through the wall right underneath the window and exorcist style, like spin three, six or one eighty. So it looks at me. Oh no. The, the hair had gone from being blonde to like black and looking very wet. Oh, yikes. And. You know the band Disturbed? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The album art for their logo? It looked kind of like that. Just like a black abyss of a face. Oh, jeez. Laser dot red eyes. 
and this Cheshire cat grin that was made of really fine needle tea. Oh my God, that's horrible. Wow. So, so at this I, at this point, you're not thinking it's grandma anymore. At this point, I'm not thinking it's grandma <laughs> or ghost. Wow, that's horrible. Yeah, it was pretty horrific. And the only thing that I could think of doing was my mother's advice, and that was to c- command it to leave in the name of Jesus. Good. Okay. And and that seemed to work, huh? It just pulled its head back through the wall again and disappeared. And that was the end of that those encounters? For myself. Oh, okay. Okay. So after I had moved away from home, one of my little brothers actually took my bedroom. And uh, he had this mirror made out of a bicycle tire. And he would say as he was playing his computer games that uh, he would occasionally see a woman in a white flowery dress in that mirror. Oh, no. And, like, this isn't an old house either. This is a modular on a brand new open-up acre of property. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. it was all forest, really. So I helped my dad clear half acre of woods to make a garden. Okay. So it doesn't seem like there was a history with the property either. Sure. But, you so, know, it's hard to know, you know, what could have happened, you know, in between in between the time when somebody was there versus, you know, the time that you got there. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's horrifying. Right. Oof. Um, you know, it, it does, I've always believed that spirits can appear, and, and good and bad, can appear however they choose to. Like, they can look, and especially the dark ones, that they, they, they seem to wear masks of sorts. Like, oh, I'm just a sweet, uh, you know, old-fashioned person walking through. Don't mind me. And, <laughs> you know, meanwhile, it's straddling your bed and, and maybe trying to suck your life force out or something. I mean, it's just horrible. Yeah, I think its main objective was just to instill fear. Sure, yeah, and there's there's certainly that possibility, too, that, you know, many people believe that a lot of the dark entities, they they want to generate fear because they feed from that energy and, uh, you know, in almost a parasitic fashion, and it's, and it's really pretty disgusting. Yeah. Um, so after I had that experience, I went through years of, bad luck i it was almost like this oppression that followed me around all over the place no and uh i was working my my first job i got a promotion where i was uh working in a warehouse by myself because i could be trusted to do so Mm -hmm. and as i was in that warehouse i was getting voices calling my name from around uh, building supplies that we had in there. Yikes. And that was a little spooky too. But, you know, I, I just played that one off as mind tricks, right? Sure. But I, I don't know if it wasn't just this thing following me. Right. Well, there is that possibility. Can I ask you, did you ever answer when something called your name? Did you ever answer? No, never. Okay, good. I, I, I don't know what it is about that, but... 
the the uh, old wisdoms say if you ever hear your name called out and you know it's not a person, don't answer. So right. Uh, okay. Um, and then I got this mysterious headache that I had for an entire year, oh. and I went to doctors and specialists, and they they couldn't give me any conclusion of what was causing this headache but i had it all day every day and no matter if i took medication or not i could not get rid of this headache oh wow and it would always feel like two fingers pushing on the back of my eyeballs oh i'm like inside your skull so it was like the worst kind of migraine and uh these medications that i got put on started to change my mood and my behavior. And it happened so gradually, I didn't notice myself. Oh, okay. Right. And uh, I ran into a relationship problem, and I was just so sick and tired of this bad luck and this headache and what just happened in the relationship. And... I actually took all the medication that I had and I attempted suicide by overdosing. I just wanted to go to sleep one night and not wake up and just be done with it. Oh, dear God. Wow. And now I know that was definitely not the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm here for a purpose, even though I don't know what that purpose may be. Um... So anyways, I thought I was never going to wake up. Mm -hmm. I wake up the next morning and the only blips of memory that I can, that I can remember is I stood up, walked to my living room in the apartment I was living in and I couldn't walk. So I collapsed to the floor and I don't know how I got my phone because it, it was in my bedroom, but I called my mom instead of calling, you know, an ambulance or anybody else i just called my mom mm -hmm. and she came to my apartment i was passed out on the floor again lost consciousness she said when she came in through the door she saw two angels resuscitating me oh my god that's awesome wow she, she said one of them was pumping my heart while another one was giving me air Amazing. How did it happen, Lisa? How could that vibrant, overwhelmingly wonderful woman have met her death? Want to take a little walk, Jenny? I could use some air. Well, where are you taking me? To the end of the world. What? Well, where April ended hers. You wanted to know how it happened, didn't you? So she got me to the hospital... She said they just disappeared as soon as she walked in. But she saw them just for like that split second. Didn't seem like anybody that she recognized. 
Um, so she gets me to the hospital, and what I woke up to was actually my heart monitor flatlining. Oh, no. Like I heard that constant beep, mm-hmm. and the nurse comes over, oh, good, you're awake. Uh, that's been going on for a while, so as long as you've got some consciousness, we'll just unplug that. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I guess it was annoying. <laughs> well, it's, that's that's okay. It was just an equipment malfunction. That's that's good. But good lord, uh, what a scary way to wake up! It wasn't actually like a a true flat line. It was just low enough to alarm the machine. Oh, okay. Well, because I, I guess my my heart rate was just uh, too low to be above the threshold. Wow. My God. Wow. But yeah, I mean, it's miraculous that, that you did wake up and that you did have the presence of mind to call your mom and, and it's, and she was able to get you to help. Do you have any idea how long the time span between when you took those meds was and when you actually woke up and called your mom? Uh, I think it was pretty close to 24 hours. So you had actually been unconscious for quite a while. Quite a while. That's amazing that you would that you would still come back. So man, if if any if any example of divine providence is is there, that's it. Because you shouldn't have probably woke up. I mean, I have no idea how much you took, but it was way too the much. The doctor said because my mom brought him all the pill bottles. Uh-huh. I told him what I took. He said, the amount that I took could have killed a bull elephant three times. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, you are you are definitely supposed to be here. And and thank God. You know, thank God for that divine intervention. And, and uh, you know, I, I can only, let me just put this out there. If anyone listening to this show has had these suicidal ideations and, and, and uh, feel that that may be an answer for you, please. Please get help. Please call someone. Please reach out because there's there's no there's no answer in it for anyone. And the torment of what I'm I'm one of those people that's that I feel the the burden of that every day of my life, having someone I cared about take their life. And I, I can only plead with you. Find someone to help you. Find someone to help you through it. Because it's such a horrible pain and such an agony. And I mean, we're here for a reason. So um, just I'm I'm hoping that matters to someone out there listening because, you know, we love you all. And, and, and life is worth embracing, even if it's challenging and hard. So please don't give up. Please find help. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's one of my biggest regrets in life. Yeah, sure. But you know, I I have to say, you made it, and and that's a that's an incredible example of of the fact that we're we are being watched, we are cared for, and something incredible intervened to make sure that you were still here with us. So I mean, that's it's a you know, of course, it's tragic that you got to that point, but thank God that you're still with us and, and able to share this because you know, I, I, I know it's a very, very, very powerful message 
and uh, I'm I'm thrilled you're still here. So oh, thank you. Yeah. Wow. But so you you had that you you got you you woke up. The doctor said, "Look, this should have killed a bull elephant three times over." But you're still here. So already, you know, you're a medical miracle in that regard. But um, with a genuine miracle of your mom seeing the two angels, uh, that's just amazing. Wow. I, I woke up. I felt extremely happy. Mm. And I didn't need any of those headache medications ever again. Oh. Uh, that headache that I had for that solid year was just gone. Mm. It was almost just like a fresh start. That's amazing. That is just amazing. Okay. So after that, I started to experience other things in the supernatural. Uh, in August of 2010, I was watching one of the meteor showers that are often in August. Mm -hmm. So I was out on a back deck with an ex-girlfriend and my little brother. And I can remember we were watching all these shooting stars and I pointed out this really bright satellite. And so we're, I'm pointing it out, we're watching it. And there's another satellite coming the opposite direction towards it. And the, as these two got closer and closer and closer, they were almost about to bypass. Uh, the first one that I noticed, uh, flipped around and started following the other one. And I was like, whoa, satellites, do not do that. No. Wow. So I was just mind blown, couldn't figure out what was going on. And this thing almost became aware that I was aware of it. If, if that makes any sense. Sure, but how do you mean? How could you tell that? Well, it descended through the atmosphere until it got a lot bigger. And then it almost put on this aerial display where it would shoot from one side of the horizon to the other and do this blinking light display. And then it would rise up, drop down, rise up, shoot back across the horizon shoot back the other way, then it would sit stationary and blink lights again. And it had this triangular pattern of lights. So almost picture a triangle upside down. Okay. So we got two on top and one in the middle down below. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like a mood light where it would shift colors around clockwise through those three lights and they'd shift colors between them. Very cool. Wow. Very, it was amazing. The The second satellite that was up there was actually another craft. It came down and almost started to mimic a little bit. Okay. And then what happened was they ascended back up. So you'd see it shrinking, 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 and then just like blip into the uh, upper atmosphere where you couldn't see him again. Oh, okay. Now, let me ask you, before you saw this, did, were you were you already a believer, or how did you feel about the phenomenon pr prior to actually witnessing this? 
I I would watch ancient aliens and stuff like that. So I I was aware that there was craft being spotted. I never thought I'd see one myself. Oh, cool. Um, the first one actually came back after that. Right. Uh, okay. As as I was still watching the sky, it it did come back and did the same kind of light display again. But then it descended to an even lower level in the atmosphere. And this is a very clear night. And we I was on the the top of the hill on the town. So I could see all the town below me. And there was some lower cloud above Main Street. And this craft actually descended until it hit that cloud. And that's when the lights illuminated how big this thing was. Oh, cool. How big was it? It was about the size of a single-level rancher house. Oh, so really pretty pretty good size then. It was pretty good size. And this was a saucer craft because then I could actually see the shape of it. It was a saucer craft, and you could really see the lights when it got that low. That's amazing. Now, can you can you describe wh- what it actually looked like? Is it the traditional saucer shape, or is there any any variations or specific? It's pretty pretty traditional. Okay, uh, like two two pie plates stuck together with like a spinning ring around the middle. Oh, okay. So it's very similar to to what I saw then. Yeah, that's what really caught my attention too. Is like I wonder if we saw the same kind of thing. Right. Well, it's it's funny because you're in the you're in the the Canadian Pacific Northwest, and I'm in the top of Idaho in the you know the inland Pacific Northwest. So, and I don't know that it, that matters as far as UFOs are concerned, but I you know I often wondered it, it, because there's a lot of sightings in this area, and I often wondered I wonder if they're if they're sticking around this area for some reason. And so now that you're describing a very similar craft as well, that to me is is very powerful. Right. Um, It did do one anomalous thing that I've never heard of talked about before. Okay. And while it was doing that light display, it flashed a color I've never seen before. And that's the hardest thing to describe because you cannot describe a color no one's ever seen before. Right. That did it now? Like, yeah, the right. best I can describe it is it's off the spectrum from purple. Okay, so that's about the best I can describe it. Wow, but you were able to perceive it. I was able to perceive it, and it's the biggest mystery to me still today. That's incredible. You know, you saw all of this with your naked eye, right? I saw all of this with my naked eye. I actually did try to film it. But this is 2010, and I think my phone at the time was a chocolate flip, oh. and that you might as well be filming with a potato, especially at night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. How amazing is that, though? It, it it was truly amazing. I had no fear of the the whole experience, mm-hmm. but like I said, it was aware that I was watching it, even from way way up. That's what's incredible. I I don't know how to explain that one. Well, I um, I think that you know our, our we we understand so little about the world. You know, we understand so little about how far our thoughts go, and and you know, are they 
perceptible to other things. Of course, telepathy, a lot of people understand that, but maybe, you know, maybe these beings are just so um, advanced that they're they're very aware of, of thoughts of them and, and can cue in on that really quickly. Right. That's amazing. Uh, besides having my ex-girlfriend and my little brother there uh, when we were watching this, I actually had more corroboration on that sighting mm-hmm. that I only got just this last year. Oh, cool. Um, I discovered this website called mapsquatch.com. Okay. And it gives you all the sighting reports from Sasquatch, Dogman, UFOs, haunting sightings, and it, it displays what has been seen in your town. Oh, neat. And so I checked out uh, my town, and someone else and their friend actually saw the same craft that I saw in the same manner, and they were basically below where it descended to. Wow. <laughs> so that was really cool to get that corroboration. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, you know, especially, again, that speaks to the fact that they seem there There seems to be uh, certain areas that they're interested in, and I don't pretend to know why, but th- this whole region up here seems to be literally an ongoing hotspot. Well, the town that I live in, uh, I'm right beside a dormant volcano. Okay. And there's a ton of crystal up in that mountain. Oh, okay. Um, all the sighting reports from my town have been nothing but UFO. That's awesome. There's about eight reports over the years that have gotten reported. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know why they come here, but they they do. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the, that's the big curiosity. What are they doing here? What are they looking for, or what are they studying? Is it us, or are we just incidental, and they're studying something else? And, and uh, it's so hard to know, but there are there definitely are hot spot areas where they seem to show up more often than others. Right. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, and so after that, uh, I had possible Sasquatch activity. Oh, okay. Um, just from the audio that I've heard on Sasquatch Chronicles, mm-hmm. I was camping at this lake with all my high school friends, and me and one of my friends went to go spearfishing at night awesome. in, in the bay of the lake, and there's an inlet creek right beside the campground. Okay. And most of my friends just stayed back at the campfire and me and him went out with our flashlights and we're waist deep in the water and I hear this growl come from the creek but it sounded like a wild boar almost. Really? And and we don't have wild boars here. Okay. So this sound was very anomalous. Uh Uh-huh. And the best we could put to it at the time was maybe it was a bear but I've never heard a bear make that sound before okay and so I I just picked that one off in a box and put it away yeah right uh, I had a trail camera that I put out for hunting on that same hill but higher up on the hill and I went to go check it after two weeks check my photos this is in a spot where no other human will ever go. 
It's very, very steep on deer trails on a ravine. Uh-huh. And when I went to go get the camera, it was gone. The camera was gone. The strap that held it to the tree was still hanging on the bark there. But the buckle itself had been snapped right off. Ooh. So I immediately got upset thinking somebody stole my camera. Mm-hmm. But I, I just started doing a perimeter search, doing circles further and further away, see if the camera was on the ground. Okay. And I found my camera 20 yards down the hill, sitting beside a fallen over tree, facing the sky, but the latches that hold the whole front cover together, okay. were op- they were opened. And the only way you can do that is if you have fingers. Right. And there was no claw or teeth marks on the whole casing. Uh-huh. And it was just the strangest thing to find it like that. Was the when I checked Oh, was the card still in it? The card was still in it, actually. Okay. Um when I checked the photos, I got four that just don't make sense. feet straight down. This is right where she fell. Spread-eagled on the rocks, broken and mangled, but speared by the sharp edges so even the restless sea couldn't wash her away. She didn't fall. But the papers that she... the story that was given out. Conchita believes it. Richie claims he does. Others are not so sure. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. There's a little tuft of hair coming off from the very corner of the photo. Uh-huh. But the rest of the picture is just blank white. Oh. It just blanked out the whole photo. And it actually screwed up that trail camera. Oh, wow. So I have these four anomalous photos with just a little tuft of hair in the corner. It almost seemed like it was just ripped off from behind the tree. Okay. And then thrown down the hill and opened. Isn't that amazing? Wow. So you don't think that the white could have been the cover being opened and being triggered and flashing and and that flash reflecting right back into the aperture with just a little fur showing on the edge? It is really hard to say. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's speculative, of course, but, but that's just what's occurring to me. It's like, you know, was it opened as it was sitting there and that's what caught those four images, and then it went, uh, you know, pop and popped it off and threw it. Right. Because those photos happened the day after I put it put it on the tree. Wow. <laughs> there was no delay. How long before you actually? How long before you actually went to check it? A week. 
Two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. And you might have said that already. Sorry if I missed that. But yeah, that's no worries. Yeah, I, I don't know what would, I, if if it was a normal animal that you'd expect. Again, yeah, you you'd see claw marks, you'd see chew marks. You know where it was, you know, trying to bust it off. It, it sounds whatever did it was brute force and uh, knew what it was doing because it didn't break those those latches. Right, it just opened them. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, you need fingers to flip those latches to even get that case open. Right, right. I mean, it, it, you would see you would see some kind of marks to show that it was claws anyway, and that wasn't present. Huh? Not at all. Amazing. Yep. So I took that one off and put it in a box. <laughs> so now I now I've got two things in this box of things I can't explain. Sure. Now, when, at this point, were you aware of Bigfoot as a phenomena? I've always been in love with the thought of Bigfoot. Okay, even from a very young age. Okay. Even from a very young age. I think I did uh, homework of what you want to be when you grow up. Right. And I think I put that I wanted to be a Sasquatch hunter. Oh, cool. Well, there's still time. You know, as as you grow up, you kind of get disenchanted with the whole idea and you think, oh, you know, maybe this is just a myth. And yeah. Don't, don't think much of it. Sure. And then it takes me to my last Sasquatch experience, which I think is rather phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't have a sighting, mm-hmm. uh, we went camping at this really remote lake uh, for May long weekend. Uh huh. And we were the first ones there because we were plowing through snow on the forestry road. And so, first ones into this campsite. No other people there all weekend. And this is actually right after my my overdose attempt. So I was on medication where I couldn't drink. So I was the only sober one in the camp. Okay. All my friends are making all kinds of noise. We actually brought out a potato cannon that we were shooting across the lake. <laughs> uh, we were out fishing. And there's another lake a 200 yards walk through the woods. Mm-hmm. So, so you could walk this tiny swampy path to go from one lake to the other. So really close proximity. And during one of the nights, I like to have this little party trick where I talk to the owls. Okay. And so I get everyone to turn off the music for a minute. And I start doing my great horned owl call. And I get a response right away. I'm like, oh, that's cool. It's working. Mm-hmm. And this owl would have been directly across the lake from us. And so I, I hoot back again and I get another response halfway down the lake. And that original owl. So now I got two owls talking to me. Uh-huh. So I call again and I get another two owls show up on the other side of the lake. So now I've got this chorus of owls hooting around the lake at me. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the greatest thing in the world. And so I, I call a couple more times and we get some responses from that other lake 200 yards away. So all in all, we had about 12 different owls hooting at the same time. And the one that started responding to me right away 
actually devolved into this cackle that sounded like a kookaburra mixed with a chimpanzee. Oh, wow. Okay. And at the moment, I was not thinking Sasquatch. I thought, you know, what's with this dumb owl? What's the sound it's making? (laughs) (laughs) So we just kind of laughed. And I can remember one of the girls that was there, she actually started to get afraid and asked me to stop talking to the owls. So I was like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. I had my fun. So we turned back on the music and life continues on like normal. And throughout the course of the night, everything was, you know, very loud out in this remote lake. And most of the people went to bed. This is like four in the morning. There's three or four of us sitting around the fire still, still talking. And I could hear running from the parking lot, running straight at us, and this deep guttural growl. Oh, no. And I didn't know what was happening. I turned around and I didn't see a thing, even though it should have been right on top of us. And I still don't know how to explain that one. Uh, some of the people that were in the tents when they were sleeping said they felt fingers or a tail or something being drugged against the side of their tent. Oh, wow. Okay. We weren't thinking Sasquatch. We were still thinking, you know, rabid coyote and owls. I never put the two into one phenomenon until I was listening to Sasquatch Chronicles and I heard someone that heard an owl call that turned into a chimpanzee-like call at the same time. Oh, yeah. And then everything, there was like a light bulb turned on. I was like, oh, my. Right. Really amazing that you heard that charging and still nothing was visible. And, And that comes up all the time. And it's hard to get your head around what could be going on, but that's got to be absolutely horrifying. Well, it's definitely a bluff charge, but I I have no idea where it went. And, you know, looking back at that situation, we were probably in a lot of danger. Yeah. Wow. If every one of those responses was actually an owl, that is really amazing in its own right. Sure. Just because owls are usually solitary. Yeah. But to get 12 of them talking at once, that seems really suspicious. (laughs) Now, let me ask you, do you still call the owls or have that, have that deal or do you, have you quit? Uh, I, I talk to the ones on the farm here every now and then, but (laughs) not, not so much. (laughs) I don't blame you. Wow. (laughs) That's intense. I don't even know. You know, it's, it's, it's so hard to conceptualize what, what that feels like in the moment, you know, I mean, just sitting on the outside looking in, I, you know, as, as many of you know, I've been, uh, what I think was growled at by a Sasquatch when I was young. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that even to this day, that's one of the most terrified I've ever been in my life, but I've not heard something charging at me and growling at the same time. I think, I think if that had happened to me when I was 14, when I had the growling happen, if it had been accompanied by a charge, I think I would have stroked right out. You know, I mean, really, I, I, it was just such a, a powerful experience in a really, really bad way. So if it had been, 
you know, multiplied with a charging or something like that. My God, that's so much. How old were you at this time in high school, you said? Uh, no, this one was, uh, I was 20 years old. 20. Okay. So you're, yeah, I mean, you're, you're well into your adult or well into the early adult age. So you're not just some, some silly kid, but wow, that's, and, and was that kind of the end of it then? Or did you just stay up the rest of the night? Oh, I stayed up till daybreak, but it, <laughs> we didn't get any other anomalous sounds. But I mean, we had our music playing from the truck, so it's not like we would have been able to hear anything anyways. Yeah, right. That's true. Wow. Dude. You know, I was the dumb one out of the group, and I camped the furthest into the woods. So if anything was going to happen, it would have been to me. But you didn't camp at all. You stayed up, huh? That night. That night. Oh, okay. You were there for longer? Yeah, we were there for about four days. So I, I think this owl call event happened probably on the last night. So we probably ticked them off all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were already wearing thin as a neighbor by that point, huh? Yeah. So at this other lake that is 200 yards away, we walked over there and there's this old uh, ranger's cabin that you can stay if you're stranded on a skidoo. Uh-huh. And there's a log book in there. And someone wrote in the log book, I don't suggest staying here. We had a bear circling our camp all night long. Really spooky. Oh. Or was it a bear? Or was it a bear? Yeah. Because, you know, we got a lot of black bear in British Columbia, and they're more afraid of you than you are of them. Yeah. Same, same in this area in Northern Idaho is that, you know, people say, God, if you see one, you're lucky because they'll hightail it as soon as they know a person's anywhere near. Right. So, wow. That's incredible, brother. You've had, you've had a, an incredible laundry list of experiences, but they, they are really fascinating. And again, uh, as we were talking about on the live show on, on YouTube, you know, it's that whole idea of, People with one experience so often have several, and they're from different phenomena. They're not all just uh, ghost experiences or just UFO experiences. It's like once you become aware of one, the, the other things are going to find you somehow. It's just strange. Right. Um, the next place I'd take you, hmm. I discovered in my life that I was a father about a year into my son's life. Oh, So... I, I I didn't know that I was a parent for a whole year. Oh. And so I had a delayed relationship with my son. Mm-hmm. And that first year was amazing. We really started to bond. And on his second birthday, he was actually diagnosed with leukemia. Oh, I'm so sorry. So my whole world got turned upside down. We had to go to the Vancouver children's hospital and stay at the Ronald McDonald house there. And that was the hardest place in my life I've ever had to go. Oh yeah. That's such a hard, my, my experiences meant nothing at that point. Right. And it was a very aggressive form of leukemia. So the doctors were saying, you know, be prepared because this doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. And I can remember tucking him in one night, and I always sing to him "Somewhere Over the Rainbow" by, yeah, Brother Is. Mm-hmm. 
and he fell asleep. I put my hand on him, and I just reached out into the universe, and I said, please, please take this sickness away from my son. If if you need to, I will take this on. Just whatever you do, make this go away. And I felt this really hot surge of energy shoot through my arm into my son. And that was that. I I was a mess. We had to do a checkup the next day. It was typical chemo. Mm -hmm. And uh, they came back to me that next day and they said, he's cancer-free. Oh my God, I'm I'm sitting here tearing up, and 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 it's turned into this beautiful story. Oh my God, thank God! Wow, Harry, he he, he was cancer free from that day forward. Oh, thank God! Wow, and you know, I I haven't told anybody that until this year. It's my own emotions with it. Yeah. But it is so powerful. Yeah, that's that's nothing short of amazing and incredible. And, and thank God, I'm so happy for you. Uh, and, and I assume he's remained that way and is still healthy and doing wonderful. He's 12 years old now doing amazing. <laughs> oh, thank God. God, I was sitting here just tearing up going, oh, I'm going to finish this show. You know, it was just breaking my heart because being a father, the greatest fear I have is losing one of my children, even still, even though they're they're older and such. Uh, two of them are adults, and, and one of them's, you know, seven years old. But I, my heart was just breaking as you were saying that. And and to have that, that beautiful, you know, ending is like, oh, my God, thank you. I'm just so thrilled. Wow. Just, just proof that there is real miracles out there. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a it's. Amazing and awesome as I'm trying my eyes here. <laughs> uh, I love that ending. Oh my God! Thank God. Woof. That's that's beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I I I love those stories because they give us hope. You know, sometimes it feels so empty and alone in this existence, and and just to know that something is out there, some beautiful intelligence is out there, and and can reach in and intervene I think is amazing so that's incredible absolutely wow well I, I you know you, you've you've taken us on this incredible journey Chucky and, and thank you so very much because it's it's been a pleasure not only having the opportunity to talk to you but to to see into your experience and into your life and, and for sharing that with us Thank you so much, brother. Oh, anytime. Richard? Uh, Richard, are you awake? Huh? It's her. It's, It's April. Oh, my God. Stay away. Stay away. Help me! Get out!
guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash paranormal portal radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at paranormal portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows, Journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, out. check it out, guys. We're over there at YouTube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day. And remember to laugh as much as you can. <laughs>